Who holds first place? I have often received concerns from other women who hear Dwight speak on such topics of idolatry within family, specifically marriage. Somehow they walk away with the impression that he obviously doesn't love me, or our marriage stinks, or he's just one of those quote-unquote demanding, uh, dominating male types. However, the truth is none of those assumptions about him are true. Dwight is a very loving husband and father, we have a thriving, healthy marriage, and he's a great spiritual leader for our family. I'm so proud of the man God has and continues to fashion him into. Having a husband who is wholeheartedly devoted to Christ and the call he has placed on his life has been an adventure, to say the least. But for me, it has not been without its personal challenges. What I mean is this. When Dwight first submitted to the call to be a teacher of the word and to serve the body, we had three children, ages four and under, two of them in diapers. We didn't have our own place yet after moving back from Pennsylvania, and it was not the easiest of living situations. I admit there were times that I missed my husband dearly. I longed for his attention and affection, for adult conversation or something other than dirty diapers and veggie tails to occupy my mind with. But you know what they say, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Now I know that's typically used in a worldly sense, but there's a lot of truth in that statement spiritually as well. Without realizing it, I had been looking solely to my husband for fulfillment instead of Christ. In doing so, I had made him an idol in my life. I may not have been able to see that, had he always been physically available when I wanted him to be, or to emotionally fulfill my bucket as I poured it out daily on my children. God is patient with us, but he does not waste opportunities to strengthen our faith and teach us greater dependence on him. That's why he allows us to go through difficult times, and believe me, we can trust that he is there with us. He used that challenging season in my life to draw me closer to him. I just had to take my focus off of the lack of temporary satisfaction and look for him to bring true fulfillment, which is way more important in the grand scheme of eternity. I had to destroy the idolatrous image I had created my earthly husband to be and set my affections on my eternal husband, Hosea 2.16. Oh, if only we could master spiritual lessons the first time around and not have to be reminded of them later. Let's face it, though. Maturing spiritually is similar to maturing physically. How many times do you have to repeatedly teach your children the same lessons? Praise Jesus for his mercy when we need reminding and his grace to walk us through that lesson yet again. I say all that to say, I have to be reminded through the years of my need to reshift my focus from seeking fulfillment from my husband and my value and purpose in my children to finding it from the Lord. Only when I am living with this perspective spiritually can I be free to support and encourage my husband in his God-given calling. Otherwise, I'm tempted to become the needy, nagging, unhappy wife and mother that even I don't like to be around. So while the concept of relinquishing your family or spouse as an idol can seem foreign or uncomfortable, keep in mind that Satan will use any and everything he can to keep your focus off of Jesus. We must be willing to hold everything, even our own lives, with an open hand to the Lord so we don't give any ammunition to the enemy to be used against us when our guard is down. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not negating a husband's responsibility to love his wife, or even a mother's responsibility to love and care for her children. I am, however, exhorting each of us to analyze our dependence on earthly, temporal relationships, even good ones, in comparison to our dependence on Jesus Christ. Just as Dwight shared earlier, the Bible is clear that our love for Jesus, and as a result his body, should outweigh all other temporary relationships. Matthew 10:37 through 39
Let us not be those who use the good gifts God so graciously gives to make idols for ourselves. So husbands, love your wives and families, but don't neglect the responsibility to show them how to love Jesus most of all, even above your own fleshly desires. And wives, love your husbands and children, but don't let them slip into the position of being your first priority and neglect your relationship with Christ and his church. The greatest way for any of us to show love to others is to point them to Jesus and model for them what it looks like to have a relationship with him above all else. We cannot give what we don't have, and others can't follow us to Jesus if we aren't heading there ourselves. As Hebrews 12, 1b through 2 says, So let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice that weights and sin are listed separately in that passage. I believe a weight can be anything which holds us back or slows us down from running freely to Christ. It could be a relationship, a job, a provision, anything really which God brings in one season of your life but seems to slow you down in a different season. It doesn't mean it has to go away completely, but that you're willing to set it aside if it weighs you down or place it down lower on the ranking scale of importance when needs be. Sin is a whole different story, though. It puts a wedge or distance between us and the Lord. We must humble ourselves before him, confess our sin and receive his forgiveness and cleansing so that we can be washed and be brought back into a right relationship with him. We all need to regularly examine our lives and ask God to bring to light any weights or sins which hold us back from running this race with endurance. And if there's anything or anyone in our lives we have allowed to become an idol, may we count Jesus worthy of whatever temporal pleasures it may cost us. What are you waiting for? Lay aside those things which weigh you down and confess your sins so you can find healing. Begin prioritizing your relationships and activities into the proper positions, Jesus and his body being at the top of the list. Jesus knew how to be reconciled back into a right relationship with God the Father, and it only comes by following him, John fourteen six. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Rest assured that there will be a, diff- a difficult cost, but may we consider it joy to leave breadcrumbs to the throne of God for others to follow as we follow in the footsteps of Jesus.